I did everything but turn cartwheels to express my thankfulness to my sweet daughter. But then I faced a problem. I don't know about you, but I never know what to do with a wordless book. I mean, they are just so blank. Their covers are breathtaking works of art, but inside they are just so blank. So what to do? For a number of months, I let the tiny purple wordless book lie on the coffee table and begin to faithfully dust around it each week. I wanted my dear Catherine to know how much I truly appreciated it. Then one day, in a dusting frenzy, I moved the tiny purple wordless book over to the edge of a shelf in the bookcase and began to religiously dust around it there. And then the fateful day came when, in yet another dusting frenzy, I slipped the lovely tiny purple wordless book in between two other books in the bookcase, and it was gone forever. Until September 12, 1983, four months later, which was my tenth birthday in the Lord. I was sitting at the old farm table that served as my desk and the place where I had my daily quiet time. As I sat there, I looked backward over my first ten years of being a Christian. Soon I was profusely thanking God for His mercy, His grace, His care, His guidance, His wisdom, my salvation through Christ. On and on my prayers of thanksgiving to God gushed. Then, after dabbing my eyes and nose with a tissue, I turned my thoughts forward and I earnestly prayed to the Lord Lord, as I embark on a new decade of walking with you, Is there anything missing from my Christian life that I should concentrate on for the next ten years? Dear friend, I can only report to you that before I put the question mark on the question, I knew in my heart what the answer was. It was prayer. And suddenly I knew I had heard God's call to prayer. And just as suddenly I knew what to do with that tiny purple wordless book. I ran to the bookcase, pulled it out, and opened it up, and wrote on the very first page I dedicate and purpose to spend the next ten years in the Lord, Lord willing, developing a meaningful prayer life. Making a Commitment Why did I choose ten years when making my commitment to answer God's call to prayer? Perhaps it was because it was my tenth spiritual birthday. Without having written it out formally, my first decade as a Christian had been devoted to reading, studying, and getting acquainted with the Bible. Or perhaps it was because of my special friend Pat. Pat was a Christian mentor to me who constantly told me that I should never undertake anything that I was not willing to devote ten years to developing. And precious Pat's case for making long range commitments has certainly proved true in my life. For instance, I've taken tennis lessons for five or six times in my life, and I've taken golf lessons three or four times. But because I didn't make a serious commitment to either, it was easy to give up on those endeavors. To this day, I still cannot play tennis or golf very well. The same principle would be true of any venture, such as learning to play the piano, to speak another language, to become an artist, or to become a woman of prayer. For whatever the reason, I picked ten years for my commitment to develop a meaningful prayer life. And I want to testify to you right now I am still learning how to pray. 
we just don't arrive one day at the point where we can mark learn to pray off our to-do list. It's as my Jim always says, if you want to humble the mightiest Christians, ask them about their prayer life. No, none of us prays enough. None of us prays as fervently as we would like to pray or should pray. None of us prays for as many people as need to be prayed for. And so it is an ongoing challenge to continue in the journey of prayer until we get it, until we can even say that we've begun to know something about prayer and a little bit about how it's accomplished. And until that happens, a lot of us pray what I call Christopher Robin prayers. He's the little boy who struggled with his evening vespers. He became so distracted by anything and everything that he couldn't remember who or what to pray for. He ultimately ended up praying, God bless, fill in the blank prayers, filling in the blank with each of his family members' names. Can I ever relate to Christopher Robin's prayer experience? And maybe you can, too. That's exactly how I prayed. That is, before my commitment to answer God's call on a Christian's life to pray. Yes, that's how I prayed. And like little Christopher, my mind wandered. I didn't know who to pray for or how to pray for them. So my prayers basically consisted of a few stabs and weak efforts until they wound down to a muttered, God bless me and my family today. But praise God, I can say that some progress has been made. I believe my prayers and my prayer life have matured. And I want to quickly say, no, I have not yet arrived. Being a woman of prayer is still a daily challenge and constant struggle. And I suspect that it will always be that way until I see my Savior face to face. In the chapters to come, we'll go deeper into what it means to answer God's call to prayer. But for now, and at the end of each chapter, I want us to pause and consider the practical steps we can take right now to grow in this most vital area of every woman's life and in her heart relationship with God. Checklist for Prayer Pray now. It's one thing to read about prayer, to talk about prayer, to dream about being a woman of prayer. It's quite another thing to actually pray. So step one is this. Put your book down, grab your kitchen timer, and go somewhere where you can shut the door or be alone. Then pray for five minutes. Use these initial golden minutes to share with your Heavenly Father your heart's desire to answer His call upon your life to become and be a woman of prayer. Get organized. Round up some kind of notebook. It can be a spiral stenographer's pad, a yellow legal pad, a three-ring binder, a section in your daily planner, a leather-bound journal. Whatever it is, do what you can to make your choice personal, pleasing, and inspiring. For instance, is your favorite color purple? Then find, purchase, or create a purple prayer notebook. And don't forget to include a pen with purple ink. Don't worry about your choice being permanent. And don't get hung up on needing to make the right choice. Just choose something that will aid you and inspire you to take your first beginning steps down the path of your journey into prayer. I just looked in my own little purple wordless book, and my last entry in it was November 22, 1983, which means it served me well for 10 weeks which means it was enough to strongly launch my commitment to learn to pray, which also means it was enough to reveal my need for a different kind of record-keeping tool. 
This is probably what will happen to you as you hone your prayer skills and mature in your prayer efforts. You'll be growing as your journey into prayer lengthens. Look ahead. Look over and pray over the next week on your calendar of events. Pay particular attention to the pattern of your life, of your daily routine, of the needs of those in your family or those closest to you. Then mark on each day for the next 10 weeks the exact time you will designate as your prayer time. It can be the same time each day or it can be tailor-made to fit the demands and schedule of each individual day. Next, mark your prayer appointments in ink on your calendar. Then be sure you keep them, just like you keep your dental, medical, beauty, and lunch appointments. As one of my principles for prayer states, there is no right or wrong way to pray, except not to pray. For an ongoing record of the fruit of your commitment to pray faithfully, I've provided a prayer calendar in the back of this book. Just shade in the squares for the days you do pray, and leave those blank when you don't pray. And then, my dear friend, one picture is worth a thousand words. One picture tells the whole tale. Now, what tale will your efforts in prayer tell? Answering God's Call to You Prayer is truly the queen of all of the habits we could aspire to as women of faith. I know we've addressed the seriousness of prayer, and we've noted the discipline and diligence a life of prayer requires. But as we leave this chapter about beginning steps in prayer, I want you to take yet another thought with you. He who has learned how to pray has learned the greatest secret of a holy and a happy life. I'm sure you caught the word